was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you not glad this morning that we find ourselves in the house of the Lord? Now, um, our theme, as you have seen in the news, that it's kingdom builders. Last Sunday, Pastor Curtis could not start and develop this theme, but he read in his text, how do you pray when you are in trouble? He read one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament, Second Chronicles chapter 20. He read from verse 1 to 15. The first two verses, we read that Jehoshaphat and Judah were attacked by the people of Moab, Ammon, the Ammonites. And verse 2 says, a great multitude is coming against you. It was not just an army. It was a great multitude that was coming against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. Pastor Curtis read the last verse in verse 15. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's the battles that we are fighting they are not our battles but they are the Lord's I don't know what battle are you fighting but you need to know you need to understand it's not my battle it's the Lord's battle and the Lord has never lost a battle We have different ministries, different WhatsApp groups. And this is what was discussed in our dawn prayer WhatsApp group. A granny by the name of Togozile. She posts this. The grandson is involved in a bus accident. This is what she says. Greetings family in the WhatsApp group. Last week I recorded prayers for my grandson Lahakwe who was in a bus accident. For the greater part of last week he was in a coma. On Thursday he opened his eyes and today he's able to move parts of his body. This is a miracle and breakthrough. This is how Almighty God Almighty honors and answers prayers of saints. I wish to thank all of you for your faithful prayers. We continue to trust the gracious God for his full recovery. May the Lord bless you. People continue to pray. This was posted last week on Thursday. Last night she posted this message. Trust you, I will. I am fine, excited, and grateful to be 
to, to the gracious Lord. Lehakwe is out of the ICU. He is now eating. And for the first time yesterday, he got his speech back. Our battles belong to the Lord. The battle that you are fighting. They were fighting a health. They were fighting this battle. And the Lord showed that your battle belongs to me. Now, our theme this morning or this entire month, we are kingdom builders. And Katakile read the text for us. I don't have to read the text. But you have here the context, the background of building. People are building the first ever so-called house of God, which was the tabernacle or the sanctuary. And as we read this text, something unusual happens. The people are challenged to give towards the building, not only money, but also their labor. And everything that they had and possessed. And we see here that these people, they gave more than they requested. And those who were appointed as project managers, to manage this construction, this building project, came to Moses. We have a crisis here. But it's not a bad crisis, it's a good crisis. The people are bringing more than enough. Moses says, go and tell the people, each woman, each man, let them know that we have more than enough. Let them be restrained from bringing more. What are we saying this month as people's church family? The God of Exodus 36 is the God of people's church. Is this possible that we can as leadership and appeal to you come let us join together we are building the house of god and each and every one of us is going to give their all is that possible that's why we're talking about it and today the sub theme that i wish to develop is a new season transitional thinking and you see, these people, we ushered into a new season. They have never done that before in terms of their giving. Incidentally, we are developing this theme in this season of spring. Seppo started by saying spring has sprung. Now, this is a very good season. It comes after winter. 
in the northern hemisphere is between March and May. Us in the southern hemisphere is between September and November. This is the month of spring. Now, this month symbolizes, or this season symbolizes certain things. It says spring is over. No, winter is over. In other words, a new season has arrived. Now, I don't know what winter did you face in your life. Or oh, what winter are you going through in your life? Temple, spring has sprung. There is a new season. And it is called spring. Spring symbolizes a new season. New beginnings, a fresh start, renewal and restoration. Let us say to each and every one of us today, if you went through winter in your life, we have good news for you. Spring has sprung in your life. You'll experience new things in your life. A new season. But also, a transitional mindset. A transitional way of thinking something transitional means you have not arrived you are going to a particular place but it's very important for us to get our minds mindset right as we transition when we talk about the transition is between where you are and where you are going. Your destination. Your destiny. In other words, in the context of the children of Israel, when they experienced what we are talking about today, they had not arrived where God had called them to to be the land flowing with milk and honey. So it was impossible, it was important that they should get their mind set right. They were in the wilderness. For instance, it had to start with Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. God appears to Joshua. Joshua. My servant Moses had died. Therefore, arise and lead these people. Now, Joshua, God doesn't say anything by mistake. In his mind, he was still possessed with a second lieutenant mentality or mindset. So God is saying, Moses, my servant has died. So it's time for you to shrug off the second lieutenant mentality. You are to arise 
and you are to lead these people. Now, let me say this to us, people's church. Maybe we are transitioning to a new season in the life of the church. But then in our transition, where we are heading to, where we are going, our mindset is very much important. Somebody shout uh, the name of the Lord. If we find ourselves the new level, the new dimension, our mindset should be right. In other words, when you want to achieve something, when you are heading somewhere, it's not going to happen by coincidence or by mistake. Your mindset is very much important. We must have a transitional mindset. What is happening over here? The children of Israel, background and the context of constructing the tabernacle. Let's go to the next slide. The children of Israel are out of Egypt. And they make a very significant stop at the mountain of Sinai, mountain of Horeb. They camped there. They camped at the foot of the mountain. And two things, very key. Number one, they had to receive the Ten Commandments. They had to receive the law of God. But number two, they had to learn to obey God. They spent more than a year at the foot of the mountain of Sinai. And the aim is that we should be as a nation obedient to God. We will never reach our destination. If we have not learned the discipline of obeying the word of God. Now God says to them, God says to the Israelites, as we launched our theme for this year, another dimension, another level. We know that they were guided by a pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. God says, you have tarried for a very long time here. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb saying, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. In other words, it's time for you to move. You have stayed long. You have overstayed. Your time here at Horeb, it's time to break camp. It's time to advance. It's time to go to another level. It's time for you to go to another dimension. Now, as kingdom builders, we are saying, we are encouraging ourselves. 
Maybe as individuals, some of you has overstayed the level where you are. It's time for you to move. It's time for you to move to another level. And in this, you must realize and recognize that you need to understand that you are ushered into a new level. And you should possess transitional thinking. Albert Einstein says, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The Greek philosopher says, it's insanity. In other words, it will not happen. Many of us, many Christians, many churches, Many organizations, they want to move to another level. Is that not wonderful? That we as people's church, we believe we are en route to another level. We believe God is setting up to be at different dimensions. And the things that we are going to experience, we have never thought about. What God is going to do in us, through us, around us. We have never thought that God is going to do these things in our lives. But now for us to go to another level, we need transitional thinking. Let me say it as loud as possible. People's church, if we do the same thing all over again will remain the same. But praise the name of the Lord. We are not prepared to be, to stay where we are. We are prepared to go to another level. Let us fold our sleeves. Let us get our loins. Let us fasten our seatbelt. It's about to take off. We are about to go. We are moving to another level. We are going to another dimension. You will not move to another level with old paradigms of thinking. We need transitional thinking. I feel in my spirit. We have tarried a very long time where we are. God is calling us to go to another level. John Maxwell says, you will never change your life until you change something you are doing daily. Your life will never change. Your habits will never change. Your finances will never change. If you do the same thing all over again, you need to have a transitional mindset. God is telling Moses and the Israelites, it's time to build. It's time to build my sanctuary. It's time to build God's church. What they were saying to us this month as people's church, it's time to build the church. But it's time to build his kingdom. This is found in Exodus 25 verse 8 and 9. And let them 
make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. God wants to dwell amongst us. God wants to move amongst us. God wants people to encounter the power of the gospel. God wants people to be healed. God wants people who are in ICU to recover. God wants to do things out of the ordinary. God says, build me a sanctuary. Build my sanctuary. We are building. Now, when you read in Exodus 35, verse 5 to 10, the things that they are to bring, we get a sense here that it appears each and every person, each and every woman, each and every man was involved in building the sanctuary for the Lord. I was talking to our visitors this past Wednesday we have what we call a connect lounge where we invite people who visited us the previous month and we have dinner with them. But amongst other things, we tell them who we are, what we stand for. Many of them are buying into God's vision and to what we are doing. And I told them what I'm about to tell you. Each and every one of us doesn't matter whether you are introvert or extrovert. You have something to offer in the kingdom of God. You have something to do. None of us should be a church goer. But all of us. Doesn't matter who you are. But you have something to offer in the kingdom of God. Whether it's here upstage or in the background. There's no one who's supposed to be a bench warmer. There's no one who's supposed to be classified as a church goer. Raise your hand. Not physical. Raise your hand and say, God, I am going to save you. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before you were conceived, before you were born, God knew about it. And he ordained you to be who you're supposed to be in his house. Now, in doing that, in having, in recognizing a new season in our lives, we need some, what I call, seasonal leaders. We need nothing. It's going to happen without leadership. John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. When God wants to do something, but God wants to move. He puts leadership in place. Now here, this project, we have two project leaders, Bezalel and Aholiab. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. If there's something you must pray for, is to pray for leadership. To pray for your leaders. That, oh God, we need leaders who are going to hear from you. There is leadership. And the 
the people were motivated to give even more than that was required because of leadership. Now, we are told that they gave early in the morning and in the evening. And it continued like that. One commentator says, they, some of them gave in the morning because they felt, I did not give enough last night. I need to give more. Not only money, but also their labor, their hands, and their skills. You know, I believe that people respond to leadership of credibility and integrity. These were leaders of integrity. Aholiab, Bezalel, if you're pregnant, good names. Good names, Aholiab, <laughs> Bezalel. Now, they, they went to Moses and said, Moses, we are surprised. We are perplexed. We are overwhelmed. Now, this can only be leadership of integrity. If it were our pastors today, and we know them, they would make the people to still bring the money. To bring the money, maybe to line their pockets. But here are leaders of integrity. And they encouraged the people to give. Let us pray for leadership. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your elders. Pray for your ministry leaders. Because these people are going to take the church to another level. Randy Alcom says, God is the greatest giver in the universe. He won't let you out. Give him. Go ahead and try and see what happens. God is the greatest giver in the universe. He taught us how to give. And if you wish to outgive God, try and outgive God. God will show you. Nobody is going to compete. My giving. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Some of the things that he provides, we overlook them. We are here. This morning, because throughout the week, God has been with you and your families, and God has provided. He's the greatest giver ever. Four things that happens when we give. Because the message of this month, the theme of this month is building the kingdom of God. And we have taken as our illustrative text, Genesis 36. Exodus 36, from verse 4 to verse 7. What happens when I give? What happens when you give? Four things. The first thing is, your way becomes God's way. When you give, your way becomes God's way. T. 
Tim Keller wrote a book, The Prodigal God. The book is based on Luke chapter 15, The Prodigal Son. But Tim Keller says, traditionally we're wrong. The emphasis is not on the younger brother, but the emphasis is on God. The word prodigal in Latin, prodigus in late Latin, prodigalis, late Middle English prodigal. It means extravagant, excessive spending, spending lavishly, while spending. Doesn't refer to the younger son who spent his money with his friends and prostitutes. It refers to the father. Because when his father saw the son coming, he opened his arms. Our God is lavish. Our God is excessive in what he gives to us. God is extravagant. Therefore, when I give, I become like my heavenly father. I become lavish. Number two, what happens when we give? Your territory is enlarged. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. The more we give, our territory, our territory becomes larger and larger. Suddenly, suddenly, your capacity increases. Your capacity of doing things is enlarged. Why? Because you will not give. You will not be part of building the kingdom of God and remain the same. When you give, doesn't matter what you are giving. When you give, your capacity enlarges. Number three, giving makes your message credible. In other words, I attended a meeting and this person, this pastor was saying, actually, giving is discipleship. <laughs> you, you, we, we, our makeup, our DNA, our culture as the church, as disciples is to give. When I give, I feel good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when I give, I feel good. Whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's saving the guys who have been saving us this morning. When you give, your message becomes credible. And somebody says, nobody can argue with a gift. You can't argue with a gift. When Eugene blesses his wife. By the way, men, we don't bless, we don't give our wives only on Mother's Day. Don't be predictable. Huh? Birthday. Valentine's Day. No. When you give, let's say you're flying from Cape Town and you're tired, you see a nice bouquet of flowers or whatever which you think your wife will appreciate. You, you just give. That is credible. Nobody can argue with a gift. Now, when you give your message, our message becomes credible. In other words, when I give, I'm saying, I am giving from my heart. This is who I am. We, we had a, 
a project at Cornerstone this past month, Women's Month. The leader of what we call CCF, Cornerstone Care Foundation, made an appeal to the church that we are ministering to street people. Eh? Prof. Mukwena, we are ministering to street people, the homeless people. We, we give them food. We give them the gospel. And some of them are rehabilitated. And we give them money to go back home and restart. No one was meant to be living on the streets. Hey, I read some statistics that says if each and every one in the church can tithe, the problems of the world are solved. All of them. We will alleviate poverty. We will alleviate crime. Why? Because we'll have programs and projects. The answer is with us. It's with our giving. Now, this project, her name is Dr. Kibaring. She leads this project. Mamruti can tell you. What did they say? We gave the street women and girls. We gave them love packs. Uh, Okay, we gave them soap, we gave them. We gave them. We filled this bag. And Kebaring said, the church gave more than enough to these street girls and street women. We gave them these bags. I want to believe when we give, our message becomes credible. When we give, we are saying the gospel makes sense to a hungry person when it is wrapped in a sandwich. Our message becomes credible when we give. The last thing is that giving opens doors for us. Proverbs 18 verse 16. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. There are things, there are doors, there are opportunities which will not be opened by your academic prowess. There are things which will be opened by your gift. There are doors that will be opened because you are a giver, because you serve God and these gifts will open doors for you. Second Kings 4 verse 13, Elijah says to Gehazi, tell her, look, you have treated us with such great respect to the widow. What can I do for you? Can I put in a good word for you with the king or the commander of the army? This woman treated Elijah and Gehazi, his servant, well. And says, Elijah says, what can I do for you? Can I mention your name? To the king or to the commander of the army. When you give, I want to believe. When we give, I want to believe God opens doors for us. I believe that opportunities will open for us. I believe that things which we were not able to do before, we will be able to do. In conclusion, I want to conclude with my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures in terms of what happens when we give. Luke 9, 
verse 16 to 17. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of breaking pieces that were left over. The multitude of people who were there, they say to us, they were close to 20,000. For there were only 5,000 men, counting women and children. They say there were about 20,000 people that particular day who were hungry. And Jesus says, can we give them food? And the disciples says, we do not have. But what we have, the only thing that we have, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. What are they to so many? But let me tell you, the multitudes were fed. Why? Because the people took the five loaves of bread and two fish and Put them in the hands of the God of more than enough. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. Take your only things that you have and put them in the hands of the God of more than enough. Whether it's a talent, whether it's a skill, whatever thing that you have, take them and put them in the hands of the God of more than enough. And you know what? When you analyze the text, <laughs> when did the bread and the fish start to multiply? When did they start to multiply? Prof. Mugwen, you'll be surprised. It did not multiply when it exchanged hands from the lad to the disciples. No. The bread did not multiply from the disciples into the hands of Jesus. It did not multiply. Jesus looked up and prayed. The bread did not multiply. When he prayed, the bread started to multiply. When Jesus said, Give the bread to them. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. Your gifts, your talent will multiply. When you start to put them into practice. When you start to give to God. This church will multiply. This church will go to another level. You can pray. Yes, prayer is good. You can fast. It is good. But we will multiply when we stand up and start to build the kingdom of God. <laughs> what are we talking about? We are talking about intentionality. Nothing happens without intentionality. I talked to the leaders yesterday and I quoted George Leonard who says intentionality is the most powerful evolutionary force on planet earth. When we are intentional about something, it is the force 
that no one can contend with. Michael Jordan says uh, some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. Uh, some people make it happen. Uh, say to yourself, uh, say to your neighbor, I'm going to make it happen. Uh, I'm going to join uh, the kingdom builders. Uh, we together, we are going to build uh, the kingdom of God. We are going to make it happen. Throughout this month, we're encouraging each other. We are kingdom builders. We are building the kingdom of God. May God help us. I want to believe spring will spring sprung in your life. I want to believe you'll be ushered into a new season into your life. I want to tell you today there is nothing impossible for Jesus says to his disciples. He looked around with men. It is impossible but with God all things are possible when we believe let us believe that all things are possible with God let us cut the word I am from the word impossible cut the word I am from the word impossible maybe even if you leave it there you can read it differently I am possible I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me People's church, nothing is impossible with those who believe. I sense God has opened a new door for us. Hallelujah. I said, let's go to the next slide. I believe as we stand up and the worship team comes to the front, we are going to pray together. God has opened a door for us because we have, we have decided we are going to be kingdom builders. Let's stand on our feet. I want to pray for you in your situation, in your environment that the Lord should help you. Let's sing together and thereafter we are going to pray. Thank, Thank you Jesus. Jesus. Blessed, Blessed be the name of